Today we're in Ephesians 5, and it's a really cool study. Here in Ephesians 5, look what we read in verse 19. It says, Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And so as we go through our study today, we're going to see, first of all, a heart of worship. I think we might even have an outline of what we're going over today in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. I think we do, or maybe not. Do we? Um, Yeah, there it is. So first of all, a heart of worship. And so when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, remember we read in Ephesians 5.18 about being filled or under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Not wine, because we used to drink and get drunk and we were under the influence of alcohol and it made us do things we normally wouldn't do. Well, now we're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And when you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, you're going to have this heart of worship. It's so cool. We, we sing. And as we sing, we're going to see that others are listening. It's a word to others. But then secondly, we're going to see it's worship to God because that's primarily what it is. We're singing to God. Others are listening. But then when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're also going to have a heart of gratitude. And you're going to see that you're thankful no matter what. That's what happens when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And then you're going to have a heart of submission. And one of the chief characteristics of a Christian is humility. We're not like the world. We're not like dominating and I want authority and I want power. No, you end up having this heart of submission when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Right here we read in verse 19 about speaking uh, to one another. And and so it's kind of cool as you're singing. Notice it says psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Psalms in context right here is in reference to the book of Psalms. We have 150 psalms in the Old Testament hymns right here is in reference to sacred songs and so the greek word would be reference to their gods but for us now we sanctify it to our gods and you guys know what a, i think we have a connotation of what a hymn is we sang one earlier uh, amazing grace that's one of the hymns that's one of the old songs right amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me I once was blind, but now I'm, I once was blind, but now I see, was lost, but now, or the other way, I was once lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. And so you're, 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 you're singing the hymns and you're actually teaching things. When we've been there 10,000 years, we have no less days than seeing his praise than when we first began. We sing, we get to, you know, teach each other with these uh, psalms, with these hymns, And then it says right here, with these spiritual songs. And so the word songs there in the Greek, it could be in reference to a secular song, but we have now spiritual songs. And so he makes a contrast there. And so, you know, it's really cool. Um, Some will say that when you're drunk, you sing songs like, you know, 99 bottles of beer on the wall, something like that. You might be singing songs, right? And so now he's singing, no, 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 no more of those kind of songs. Now you're singing as spiritual songs. And so this whole thing right here, you know what it brings up to me? It brings up music, music. Now, I'll tell you what, I love music, and I'm sure you do too, right? I mean, what a gift it is, music that God has given to us. It, it moves our soul. It lifts me up when I'm down. I have special love songs for my wife. 
I have special songs for my daughter. I have special songs uh, for my son. I mean, you guys know how awesome music is, right? And now with digital downloads, Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, you name it, it's crazy how we have all this music at our fingertips. And so one of the things that I want to share with you is that I pray that we would see music as a gift from God, just in part, just to enjoy it. You know, we can sing uh secular songs like happy birthday to you it's okay to do that right i mean it's okay to enjoy that 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 wonderful rendition that that whitney houston sang star spangled banner you guys remember how awesome that was and so that's not necessarily a, a spiritual song but it is music that is powerful that we enjoy as a gift from god and so I pray that we would know that about, about music, um, some of that music, man. Believe it or not, there's this one song. I won't tell you what it is, but every time I hear it, I want to dance. And that says a lot because I'm not a good dancer. And so when I hear this song, I'm like, oh, man, I have to hold myself down because <laughs> I'm telling you, man, music, don't you guys love music? Am I the only one? Come on, tell me. Isn't Music is beautiful, right? And so um, I, I will say that in part, it's there just to enjoy them. There's some music that's garbage, that's lies, that you shouldn't listen to. But, but, but I will say this, that, man, music is this a gift uh, from God in part just to enjoy him. We give him all the glory for it. But primarily, music is to worship God. That's the primary purpose for, for music, you know, when I, when I was reading about Bach, he said this. He said, all music should have no other end and aim than the glory of God and the soul's refreshment. Where, where this is not remembered, he said, there is no real music. And so he understood the purpose of music. And every time he would write a song, he would begin it with those uh, uh, initials that means Jesus helped me. So help me write this song. And then every time that he's done writing a song, he would have these initials that means to God alone the praise. And so sometimes when I'm at the gym and I'm working out and I'm listening to music, because it helps me, right? And I need all the help I get. I used to run, now I can't. I do the elliptical now. I'm getting older. and so, But I still have music. And I listen to it. And, um, you know, I've got to be honest with you. I, there are some secular songs that I listen to every once in a while. I'll throw it in there. I'm like, man, the, the, the beat on this song or whatever, the guitar on this song. And it's just crazy, you know. But I have to be honest. That gets old fast. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not telling you guys here, don't listen to secular music that is all from the devil. Because there are some guys that are like that. But I will say this, that spiritual music, it just trumps the world's music because of the message. When you become spirit-filled, you don't even want that stuff anymore. It's not that it's forbidden. It's just like, man, this has been completely replaced. And I, and I, I haven't listened to that list in a long time, not because I can't, but because this music that praises God is so much better. And as I'm there and I'm on the elliptical and I'm doing the, the music, believe it or not, even someone like me, you guys, I'm a mellow fellow, I'm a shy guy, but even there in the gym, if you were to saw me, I'm singing. 
Oh, Jesus saves Jeremy Camp song or whatever it might be. I know that looks funny, huh? Anyway, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm serious, man, because it's just so beautiful when you're just set free to worship the Lord. And as we're, we're looking at this right here, my prayer, Lord, God, I pray that we would know the, yeah, the partial portion of music is I listen to it. Great song. God, you're good. Thank you for the gift. But primarily, it's to worship him. Music is so amazing. Research finds that uh, music supports our physical, mental, and emotional health. Health, it can help in regulating our emotions, improving our mood, enhancing productivity, concentration. It can help, but it can even help us sleep better. It can help you in illnesses. I mean, it's just so amazing. I was talking to someone uh, not too long ago, and they are being attacked by the devil. And so, one of the things I told them that helps me is praise music. And I actually have this one uh, song list. It's just all these uh, soft songs of praise that I listen to that God uses in my life. And you guys, I'm telling you, man, it's just so beautiful how, how amazing it is. And so as we're a church, I pray that we would enjoy it. I pray that you would come and, and that we would sing these songs uh, together. But there's a few things here that I think might be helpful for us. Number one, when you're listening to these songs that we're singing, when we're singing them, because first of all, it says we're listening to one another. Um, number one, is it truthful? Is it truthful? You know, when we're worshiping, notice again there in verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and, and spiritual songs. And so I, I want to encourage you to make sure we test the lyrics of the praise songs that we're singing because we're singing them to one another and Colossians 3.16, check out this verse right here. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. I think we have this teaching. See that word teaching and admonishing or warning one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And so as we're singing these songs and you guys are listening to it, it's on the Christian radio and you got the Christian artists so-called, and you just have to really make sure as we're singing these songs, understand we're teaching them things and we got to make sure that that they're true you know and so there's probably a lot of music out there that you guys don't know the word you probably should stay away from um and i remember this one song i know this is not that big of a deal but you guys remember that one song by the band called delirious which is a funny name for a christian band but i like them delirious and anyways they had this one song it's called i found jesus cool song and in one sense we understand what they're saying but primarily he found us i, I found jesus the bible says no one seeks after god no not one we weren't seeking after him he was seeking after us so anyways right here as we're speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs that it's really cool how we can encourage each other we can even teach each other even the song that we were singing right now how great is our god sing with me how great is our God? All will see how great, how great is our God. You see how we're singing and we're listening to one another? So really, really cool. Uh, number one, I pray that this music that we have would be, would be truthful because we're teaching. And it's really cool, the hymns. Now, again, I like contemporary Christian music. I, I have to 
admit that. And I, there's different kinds of songs. I was looking at my playlist. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but on Apple Music now, you can go down and you can listen to your most played songs for each year. They actually have a list there. It's pretty cool. And I was looking at some of the songs that I have on the list. One of them is by a guy named Micah Tyler. It's called Different. And if you guys haven't heard that song, I mean, I just play it over and over and over again because, Lord, I want to be different. I don't want to just hear. I want to listen. I don't want to just see. I want to have vision. So really, songs like that, that God really uses in your life. And so I like contemporary music, but you know what Norman Geister called contemporary music? He called it 7-Eleven music. 7-Eleven. And what that is, is seven words repeated 11 times. <laughs> and so you got to be careful with that. Some of the rich hymns of those old songs, they're very, very cool. And they teach. As a matter of fact, one of the songs that we're singing today, I love it because it talks about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I love it when we're teaching about the triune God and things like that. You know, one of my favorite songs is an old song called How Great Thou Art. And let me read to you the words. It says, O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the world thy hands have made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. I love that song. It's talking about the worlds and the stars and the thunder and just, wow, how how awesome God is. But then the, the next verse, it says, And when I think that God, his Son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in that on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. Then sings my soul, how great thou art. You see, it's so cool. Some of those old hymns, huh? They're they're teaching us things, you guys. And so we have to make sure that, that they're truthful because, you know, they are teaching, we're listening and we have to make sure that, that they're spiritual. You know, they're really, uh, another word is powerful, because look at Acts chapter 16. I was wondering if you guys could turn there real quick to Acts chapter 16. Because this is uh, how important, you know, praise is and how it needs to be truthful and it needs to be spiritual. It, it needs to be uh, from the heart because when, we, when it is, it's, it's actually very powerful. Look at Acts 16 in verse 16. It says, Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. And so we're going to see that Paul was greatly annoyed by that. And so if you can, try to capture the scene. There's a, a, a lady, a beautiful lady, young lady. She's possessed by a demon. 
And so when you're possessed by a demon, you're going to be able to see things in the past and we know other things that others can't see. And so she brought her, her owners a lot of money because she was used like a fortune teller. You guys have seen the fortune tellers, the palm readers, that, that's all demonic. And so uh, for some reason, she couldn't hold it in as Paul and these guys were there. She was following after them saying, these men are servants of the most high God. She's following after them, right? And so Paul got annoyed by this because he doesn't want advertising from that, that type of uh, spirit. Not only that, I'm sure he loved this lady. And so it says right here, Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and he said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very Hour. And just real quick, I wanted to say this, man. We should be able to cast out demons. We should. This is what God is doing in our church. And I'm not talking about being weird. I'm talking about more power. I'm talking about more of the Holy Spirit in our life, you guys. God is working to where, you know what? God will use you to help people. Maybe they're being lied to by a demon. Maybe a demon is living inside of them. God will use you to cast out demons. Just like we see it right here. Nothing weird, completely biblical. Some of these are homeless people. You know, my heart goes out to them and I'm asking God, Lord, help me to help them. Because again, is it drugs? Is it mental illness? Is it a demon? Lord, I, I, I'm not content with not being able to help them. And so the Lord is working. huh? We're, we're, God is calling us deeper. Here Paul calls, he, he passed out the demon, and it says, and he came out that very hour. But when our masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas, dragged them into the marketplace of the authorities, <laughs> And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude, they rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be, think about this, beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, the jailer put them into, notice, the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. And so, man, you, all you're doing is trying to help somebody. And you do, you cast out the demons, but then, you know, you get arrested Next thing you know, they're beating you with rods and more than likely you're bleeding. More than likely, you know, you might have broken bones or something, man, and you're just tripping out. And then they take you. They don't just take you to jail. They put you into the inner dungeon. That's what it says there in the Greek language. It was an inner dungeon and they, they put their feet and their hands in stocks and it wasn't comfortable by any means. And so if that were me, if that were you, what would you be doing at that time? I think a lot of us here would be questioning, we would be complaining, we'd be crying, right? And especially it's at midnight. A lot of you older people would be sleeping. Huh? <laughs> 
But look what they're doing, you guys. Look. It says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing. Wow. They're singing hymns to God. And, and the prisoners were, were listening to them, just like we got done talking about. Suddenly, here it is, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Wow. You see, when they praised the Lord, I mean, we're talking about pure praise. I mean, we're not talking about, wow, yes, thank you, God. I won the lottery. Praise God. No, we're talking about I'm in the dungeon and the stocks and I'm bleeding and I'm broken and I'm battered and life could not get like any worse. And yet they know God has a plan in all this and they're just praising God. They're, they're singing. What happened? An earthquake. An earthquake. And what we find is that God gave us this story to tell us, yeah, you might not experience a physical, literal, actual earthquake, but you will if you praise God like that. Like I'm down in the dumps and I, you know, every other person will probably say, I don't want to live anymore. I mean, this is crazy. I'm seeking God and look at what he does to me. And in the middle of that moment, you just lift it up and you praise the Lord. You know, I want, if you do that, there's going to be a miracle. And there's going to be an earthquake, invisible and spiritual, because that's the power of music that is directed in praise towards God. And there, there's this earthquake that happens. And so it says, so that the foundation of the prison was shaken, and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loose. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep, seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, he drew his sword and he was about to kill himself. Why would he do that? And the answer is because he was responsible to guard them. And if he didn't guard them, if he failed to guard them, he would have to suffer the same fate they were facing. So apparently these guys were facing execution. So he didn't want to be tortured. He's about to kill himself. But it says in verse 28, Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. And then he called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas and he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And so they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. And that rough, tough, Roman, whatever, Philippian jailer, right there, man, he got saved. His family got saved. They got baptized. And God did a miracle. And how did it happen? Praise music. Praise music. Some of you guys here, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you guys here, you're gifted in that. Do you realize what, what, how, how powerful this is? And as we praise the Lord, you know, from a pure heart, it's just so cool to see. Even something like this can take place today. And so let's take this seriously, you guys. You know, we're, you know, understanding it needs to be truthful. It needs to be spiritual. We know that when it is, it is powerful. Back in Ephesians chapter 5, we have this uh, beautiful ability to be able to worship from the heart. And, and we're, we're sharing words to others because all these guys were listening. 
and we're sharing primarily worship to God. Notice again in verse 19, it says, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And so the word melody is, uh, is singing with instruments. And so acapella singing is awesome. It's powerful. But then when you add like a guitar, it's kind of cool. And then you add the bass, it's kind of cool. Then you maybe you add some keyboards and it's really you know, kind of cooler. And then you add the drums. I mean, and so that's music. It's melodies, these different, a combination of things coming together but it has to come, it says right here, in your heart, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And so sometimes I'll be the first to admit, like we're singing songs, and I'm just kind of going through the motions. And God says, Manny, I, I want it to come from your heart. It can't just be your minds. It can't just be your mouth. It can't be lyrics flowing off your lips. This praise that we're offering to God, it's got to come. You make it in your heart and offer it, offer it to God from that place. Because really, a lot of times we can get messed up. And this is why, because we're living our life in a superficial fashion. This is what had happened to the religious leaders of Jesus' day. In Matthew 15, 8, Jesus said, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And so what that does is it makes me check my heart. Lord, I know I've been doing this for a long time and I might even be foolish into thinking that I'm okay because I'm a pastor or whatever. I know a few Bible verses or I've been a Christian for this amount of time. No, because the Pharisees, that's what messed them up. You know, a lot of times this familiarity with the outside of holy things is what messes us up. No, it has to be from the heart. And it's so cool because when the Lord eventually was looking for someone to bless his people, you know, Samuel went to Jesse and, you know, Jesse brought all his sons. Oh, not this one. Yeah, but this one's good looking and tall and handsome and strong. Not this one, not this one, not this one, not this one. You got any more sons? Well, yeah, I got one more. He's over there, you know, taking care of the sheep. Well, bring him because I can't leave until I anoint somebody. And when Samuel brought David, he said, this is the one. Well, how did he know? That God, how do you know this is the one? And the Lord said, because man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And we have to make sure God help us, created me a clean heart. Because I know this is where the praise music comes from, where there's power, where there will be earthquakes, Lord, where you will be pleased. And, and so what happens, you guys, is when... You're spirit-filled and under the influence of the Holy Spirit. You're going to be blessed in this life of, of worship with music. It's amazing, you guys. Secondly, we see not just a heart of worship, but a heart of gratitude. Look at verse 20. It says, Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, you know, when we come to church, it's a cool thing to get together with the family. So you got your brothers, you got your sisters, you got your uncles, you got your aunts, you got your nephews. They're going to be coming out of class right now, your little nieces. 
you got your grandmas, you got your grandpas. I pray the friends, the fellowship here, I pray that God does a beautiful work in Calvary Chapel Almani. We are family. We are family, right? Because we have the blood of Jesus Christ, right? But, but as, we're, as we're here, God is teaching us how to live life. And he's talking, first of all, about when you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, it's a life of music and worship. And then secondly, he says, he says it's a life of gratitude. It's a life of thanksgiving. You know, and it's kind of crazy because he says right here, giving thanks always for all things. How many of you, when you read that, you think, I think there's an error in the Bible. <laughs> giving thanks always for all things? No, what we find is that, you know, God wants us to have this heart of gratitude. You know, not saying that we don't cry, not saying that there's no, not pain, but really the disappointments are his appointments. You're going to find that in life. And wherever there's pain, there's always purpose. And I've seen it throughout the years. My heart goes out to some of you. You guys have gone through some tremendous, tremendous trials, testings, temptations. But I see the glory of God in you. Because you're still here and God has used your life. And so, you know, we don't say, oh, thank you, Lord. You know, when, you know, I, this feels good. No, we just say, thank you, Lord, because I know you would have never allowed this unless there's a great purpose. You know, when Job's kids died, when he lost all his finances, when he was covered with boils from head to toe, I mean, the guy just lost all his physical health. I mean, it just happened so swiftly. The Bible says that he just fell on his face and he praised God. You know, naked I, I, I came, naked I, I leave. Blessed be the name of the Lord. There's something about that type of worship that includes this type of thanksgiving that, let me tell you something, it rocks the world. Warren Risby said this, to be sure, all of us are grateful for some things at some special occasions, but Paul commanded his readers to be thankful for all things at all times. This exhortation in itself proves our need of the Spirit of God because in our own strength, we could never obey this commandment. He said, can we really be thankful in times of suffering, disappointment, and even bereavement? Keep in mind that Paul was a prisoner when he wrote these words, yet he was thankful for what God was doing in him and for him. You know, where, where you say, thank you, Lord. I, I don't know why. And God, I'm telling you this, it hurts. But I know, God, that you have a reason for this suffering that I'm going through. You know, the Bible says, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. You know, sometimes, like we were talking about singing and stuff like that, I'll just walk around the house, and even though I don't got a good voice, I sing it, like, almost all the time. Like, God, you're so good to me. Always been so. And I sing that in the house. And, and, and my, my kids are like, Dad, they're like that, you know. And I'm sorry, but, you know, it's just that you just know it. 
Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good to those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. And Lord, I don't understand this and I don't get this. And to be honest, if it were up to me, I would have done this differently, but I trust you. I trust you. You know, the, one of the craziest verses is over in Genesis 42, verse 36. It says, And Jacob, their father, said to them, You have bereaved me. Joseph is no more. Simeon is no more. And you want to take Benjamin? All these things are against me. Now, you guys might remember the story there in, in, in Jacob's life. I mean, you know, we thought that, that, that Joseph was dead and now Simeon is over there, uh, you know, locked up and now they want to take Benjamin. And so he's looking at his situation and all he can think is, man, it's all against me. And sometimes we go through things and we're, we're thinking that, like, this is, this is my life, my situation, it's all against me. It's wrong, God, what you're doing to me, what you've allowed me to experience. And sometimes it's the family that you're born into. And you can name a million things that you've happened in your cultural upbringing, and it's all against me. But what we find right here, in, and we see it, no, it was actually all for him. Because you guys know what had happened, right? Joseph had risen, man, second in command. was crazy position that God, I mean, Simeon, he was fine. Benjamin would be fine. God has a plan in all these things. And that's why James says, count on all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith, it produces endurance. We can actually thank him. We can actually even be joyful. Because I believe with all my heart that God would not allow this to happen to me because I know how much I love my kids. And I would not allow anything. I would not allow anything to touch them, come near them, unless I knew it was good for them. And that's how God is with us. You just got to wait. And by faith, you got to say thank you. You know, one of the songs that I was telling you in the list, uh, most uh, listened to songs is a song that you guys probably wouldn't like, but it's Thank You, Jesus by Terry Clark. And I listen to it almost every day. Put my earphones on and I just thank him. Because see, by the grace of God, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you will worship from the heart. You will be grateful from the heart and, and we will have this heart, thirdly, of, of submission. And that's what we read there in verse 21. It says, submitting to one another in the fear of God. And so, you know, this heart of humility, I mean, we're not like the world. The world wants to be on top. The world wants to dominate you know, the world wants to boss people around and, you know, throw their authority there. And no, we, on the contrary, if God gives you any authority, if God gives you any responsibility, if God gives you any position, you realize it's only so that you can serve. And what you end up having is a, this heart that, that Christ has. It's really a heart 
of submission. It's a heart of esteeming others better than yourself. Now, it doesn't mean that there's no spiritual structure. We're just about to get into it. Uh, Next week, we're going to see, and I probably shouldn't even tell you this, but next week, it's going to say, wives, submit to your husbands. And so a lot of you wives, you're not going to come back next week. You're like, okay, well, (laughs) I'm not going to read that one, right? (laughs) And so don't get me wrong. There's a spiritual structure. It's going to say, children, be obedient to your parents. It's going to say, hey, employees, you have to make sure that you obey your employers. So there's still the spiritual structure but it, it basically the, what the lord says is that even those that might be you know in charge they have to be the first to have that submissive heart in all reality jesus died for us and that's kind of how it works you know we're not it says submitting to one another in the fear of god you know i don't submit to my you know my my associate pastors and i don't submit to our overseers, and I don't submit to the church because I fear man. I submit to them because I fear God. And I know one day I'm going to give an account, and God's not going to say, hey, man, you were supposed to boss him around. No way, that's not how it works. Oh, that's a great idea. And you say to your overseer, run with it. Oh, but wait a minute, Manny, aren't you in charge? No, Jesus is in charge. And you have this heart of, of submission. doesn't mean I pass my responsibility, but it means that, you know, you just know, um, Lord, thank you so much because this is the way you are with us. You know, uh, sometimes I submit to my wife, a lot of times, right? She wanted a black RAV4. I wanted a Harley. So we got the, the black RAV4, and she says, no motorcycles. And I'm like, come on, babe. No, okay, I submit to her, but in heaven, it's going to be different, right? Because <laughs> then I can't crash. You know, um, I mean, at home, and I'm just going to tell you guys something that maybe you can relate to, and maybe I shouldn't say this, but, you know, do you guys ever fight over the bathroom? I'm just curious. Do you ever fight over it? Every once in a while, you know, like, hey, my, my son, he wants to take a shower, and I want to take a shower, go in here at the same time. And I'm like, dude, I'm the boss, man. I'm, you know, I'm the head. And no, I, I, no, I don't do that for the most part. I'm like, you know what? You go first, son. You go ahead and take your shower. He calls it shower power, but what I call it is submission, okay? So, you know, things like that, you know, my, my daughter wants to eat this, and no, I'd rather have that. And, and so we have this heart, of course, in deeper things, heart of submission, not, you know, neglecting our responsibility, but understanding that as you're just trying to follow the Lord, you have that aspect of coming to him, like 1 Peter 5, 5 says, and just being submissive to one another. Philippians 2, 3, it says that we um, are to esteem others better than ourselves. And I feel that way. Honestly, I feel that way. I don't know if you guys feel that way. Honestly, I feel that way. And I think, and I don't know if you guys believe me or not. You might say, oh, he's a liar. Uh, my son, my daughter, my wife, my friends, my, my co-laborers in Christ, I see it, Lord. They're better. Thank you for them. Thank you for them. This is the heart that we have to have. And so I pray, you guys, we would be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. One last thing. I know I'm going long, but one last thing is when I was praying the other day, the Lord showed me Ezekiel 47, 
And uh, Ezekiel 47 is a really cool passage in which um, it's in the millennial kingdom. There's this water that's flowing from the throne. And when they go in the water, they first they're ankle deep when they go in the water. And then as he continues to go in the water, he's knee deep. He's up to his knees. And then eventually he continues to go in the water and then he's waist deep. And, and what the water symbolizes is the Holy Spirit. And so have you guys ever gone to the ocean where you were in the ocean up to the, the, your waist and you're like, well, I can't go in any, you know, anymore because I'm going to get all wet? If I had to guess, I would say 70% of the church is only about waist deep. Maybe more, maybe 80%. It's a small remnant that has dived in. I'm all in. I'm all in, Lord, I'm surrendered. I'm, I can't do this. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. And I surrender. Like we raise our hands, that's what it is. And so my prayer is, you know, we can't do any of this, you know, worship or gratitude or submission or anything else. Being the husband, the wife, the father, the friend, the servant, we can't do anything unless we are under the influence of the Holy Spirit and so I invite you, church, right now, you say yes. Lord, help me. Help us, Lord. Fill us with the Holy Spirit. Luke 11, it says, if we ask for the Holy Spirit, you'll give us the Holy Spirit. And again, like I've told you, not just more of Him. Lord, have all of me. Have all of me. We got to walk like this.